Hey, Lead Hers, welcome to the Lead Her Lessons podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gabriel. I'm a mom, an entrepreneur, and a true lover of learning. And each week, I want to bring you along as I sit down with women from all walks of life. We'll discuss business, personal growth, health, family, and everything in between. So whether you're already a badass businesswoman, or maybe you're a mom on a mission, listen up. It's time for a lesson. Welcome back to another episode of the Lead Her Lessons podcast. I'm sitting down this morning with Wendy Pruitt. She is the founder and creator behind Wendy Pruitt Creates. And about, was it a year ago that you left and you started? Year and a half. Her? Year and a half. She went out on her own, left the agency life, started her own business, and within a year she was matching her corporate salary. So Wendy, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah. So just for those people who don't know you, go ahead and tell us a little bit of your bio, your background, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Okay. So originally I'm from upstate New York, which is pretty much Canada, not mm-hmm. like New York City. Um, I grew up there until I was 18, and then I went to college in Florida to get away from New York. Right. <laughs> so um, went to school at the University of Florida. Um, was in the advertising program, so that was with the J School, okay. so journalism school. Mm-hmm. Worked at the newspaper. Decided I wanted to be on the creative side of advertising, and felt like I wasn't prepared enough with a four-year degree. So I came to Atlanta for a portfolio school called the Creative Circus. And it was a two-year program. Um, I went for art direction and ended up meeting my husband here. So the rest of my class scattered and went to New York and L.A. and Chicago. And I had just met this guy, and I was like, I kind of like him. And Atlanta's cool, and I'm going to stay here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did and um, went to work for a small agency. We did everything from endorsement radio to TV shoots, Um, and I was, you know, an art director there, but I was also talent manager and creative manager and all the things. Um, unfortunately they went out of business right about the time I was six months pregnant. Oh, wonderful. Great timing. It was (laughs) fantastic. Um, you know, it was a bad time. It was 2010, so it wasn't, you know, great anywhere. (laughs) Um, so I took the first job I could find, which was a junior designer at a direct mail company. Um, and worked my way up from it being being a junior designer and being one of three and a staff of about 15, I think. And when I left, we were up to about 80, and I was managing a team of seven. Wow. Um, and that was the big change in six years. So it was a lot of growing and a lot of learning from all of us. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so I left about a year and a half ago. I realized that, you know, it really I, – I couldn't see my future there. And um, after meeting with a business coach, I, I thought that I was actually kind of good at what I did. Mm-hmm. I don't. Sometimes I struggle with confidence, so sure. you know it As was. We all do. I know, right? Um, but I thought I was pretty good in that I had something to offer. I'd always been freelancing, and you know, maybe take a stab at helping people my way mm-hmm. instead of the way that I was told it had to be. So right. So your time at that company, you were there for six years, Mm -hmm. and during that time, you grew and you wore multiple hats. You had your son when you were working there, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went on maternity about two months after I started there. Okay, so what was that transition like? Starting a new job, becoming a new mom, 
What was that like? Tell us about that season. It was probably one of the toughest things I've ever had to go through um, because I because I was a contractor when I first started, okay. and they kind of promised me my job when I came back, but I wasn't sure, um, and I was like, I have to have a job. Right. Like, I didn't know what else to do, um, so I was like, I'm coming back after four weeks, and my boss at the time, was she was a mom, and she okay. was like, you're not coming back after four <laughs> weeks, and um, I remember the second week. Um, so he was two weeks old, bawling, like, how am I ever going to leave him? I can't, it's never going to happen. Like, hysterical, because we all go through, your hormones drop, and it's like, you're out, like, you're just crying. Um, but I, I went back after six weeks. Um, wow. So I, I took six, six weeks off, went back to work. Um, my husband was still home, because it was the summertime, and he's a professor. Okay. So he was home with, with Felton. Um, and so he didn't go, go straight to daycare, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit easier for me to leave. Right. But, at the time, the office was in Alpharetta, and I live in Decatur. Okay. So I was commuting up to Alpharetta. Um, we started at, like, 8.30, and we were done at 5.30. I mean, I, it was long days. Wow. I was pumping. I was the only one there that was a mom because I was a little bit older than everybody else um, and just on the life, a different life track. Sure. Um, and I'll never forget before I, before we moved offices on like the last week I was pumping. Um, yeah, I see your face. And I know. This <laughs> is. No, I know. So the last week I was there pumping. Like it was like he was, we were getting up to his first birthday. Like okay. I'd done it for a whole year. Yeah. And we were like transition to solid foods and pediatricians like, okay, it's time, you know, just you're going to transition. Like the week before it happened, um, the VP caught me going and they say caught I it was never a secret like everyone else knew where I was but I would go like next door to like an empty office sure and he caught me coming out with my bag and my phone and looked at me and I was like you know it's just that time of day he's like were you taking a call would you have a meeting and I was like dude I was pumping and he's like what what (laughs) I was like for a year Every day at this the same time, time, I leave for 45 minutes, and you never noticed? And wow. he's like, well, I don't, I don't know. That's wow. so interesting. <laughs> it's, no like, idea. it's not even on their radar. No, they had no idea. Wow. Like, I mean, I had, like, checked with HR and everything. Sure, like, sure. And they're like, okay, so this is happening, and I'm like, how do I handle it? They're like, no, just take it when you need it. Like, yeah. tell your team where you're going. It's not a big deal. And, like, they would joke about it. Like, I'd put my milk in the fridge, mm-hmm. and we'd have to go get it. Like, it was like, everyone knew, don't touch that. That's Wendy's milk. Right. Everyone else knew. I was walked in on multiple times. Right. Always walked. Like, there was once I couldn't go next door, so I was, like, put a sign up on the one door that doesn't have windows and, like, don't come in here. And, like, the president almost walked in. We were like, we weren't kidding. Right. This is really One of my members, like, team members is running across the office, like, don't go in there. (laughs) It's like, why? What's going on? He's like, go and open the door. And I'm like, no, hello. That's nice, though, that you (laughs) felt that your company was so great about allowing you to do that, you know. They didn't know, apparently. Right, exactly. (laughs) But it's, you know, I think there's a lot of um, moms out there who go back to work, and that's a big concern for them. You know, they're like, gosh, you know, are they going to be cool with this? Are they going to allow me to get the time that I need? So that's awesome. Yeah, I was was lucky. And in in some cases, you know, there were a lot of babies that came after me because – they, the, the women hit the like right life stage sure. and um you know I, I was there to help them a little bit yes. like I mean when we moved offices there was a woman she had a baby about a year after me um she was pumping in the closet oh no because there was nowhere else to be right. she's like well I guess I'll go to the bathroom I'm like you're not going to the bathroom yeah sit in the closet like it was big enough for like a chair sure. like, turn the lights on put a note on the door 
And I'm like, if anyone walks in, I'm like, trust me, they're going to be more embarrassed than you. Absolutely. You're, you know, at that point, after you have a child, I really feel like there's nothing else that can really mortify you. Like after you've gone through that experience of having a child and all these doctors and all these things, like there's not really yep. much else. That can... And I'm like, trust me, it's definitely going to be worse for the guy that walks in on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, like tell everyone because we'll, you know, they'll stop. Someone will see them going like, where's Cam? And like going to look around for you. They'll be like, just leave her alone. Right. She's, <laughs> don't not, she's taking know. a break. <laughs> you yeah, exactly. don't want to know where she is. So. so, you know, it's, I think it's really courageous of you to have gone out on your own. I know there's tons of people, um, who stay in jobs that they don't love, that they don't necessarily see the growth and the potential. So when you were kind of ruminating about this idea of going out on your own, how did you, how did that come to fruition? What fears and doubts did you have? Hey, that's when you speak <laughs> up, Susie, she's having a dream. <laughs> she's thinking about something. Um, so I, I knew I couldn't stay where I was anymore. It wasn't the right fit for me. And I started looking around at other jobs. Um, and I had a few interviews, but it was one of those, like, is it out of the fire into the frying pan? Mm-hmm. And I, and I kept thinking about like, is it going to be better? Is it going to be the same? It's going to be another set of like drama to deal with. And, you know, at this point in my career, I know enough about a lot of things. I don't need someone else to tell me how to do my work. Mm-hmm. And that's what would happen at an agency. You'd have a creative director. You'd have a production manager. Like, sometimes you want help. But, like, people were telling you what to traffic and sales. And everyone had an opinion. Sure. Um, and so I was thinking about it. Um, the the big thing was, I think, Shelly, who is my business coach, um, talking to me about, like, you know, I didn't like when, when I, when she was my client, cause she was my client before I was her client. Okay. I had done her business cards and she's like, she pointed out some things very nicely. Like you never sent me a contract. And I was like, Oh yeah. And she's like, I was really surprised you didn't send me a contract. And I had to ask you how much I owed you. <laughs> right. So I knew there were things, but she's like, but you're really good at what you, you got these things out of me. Mm-hmm. You gave me a great product. I'm really proud of it. And then, and she's like, you do that for other people too. And she's like, I'm like, can I do this? Like, that was my question. Like, how do right. I do this? Like, she's like, we'll get there. I can help you do it. And That's it was awesome. that setting up that structure, um, the processes, the, the, you know, and I still struggle with it. I mean, it's not, it's right. not like it's a magic cure-all, but like the process and the steps I go through, um, and then kind of fine tuning that and, but, but then applying it to like every client. Right. So everything fits in this organized structure mm-hmm. um, really helps take it to the next level. Right. So that was a long way to go to answer your question. Sure. But how did I know I could do it? Because I knew that I had the support from someone else who had been there and done that. Right. Um, and no, and trusting that she was going to guide me in the right direction. And I did trust her. Um, the other thing was I did it for three months before I left my job. So I didn't just go, all right, I'll in, let's go. Right. You know, and so we set it up. So I had, you know, three or four clients that were going and we would see where the money was and we tracked it to make mm-hmm. sure we did the budgeting to make sure that I could survive, sure. that I had the the cushion to last a couple months in case I didn't have a client in September. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, all along the way, she set me up for success. Like, okay, what are we doing this month for networking? Okay, I need you to go find three networking events. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it, I think, was her recognizing that the what I was selling 
was going to resonate with small business owners, sure. and I was very clear on what I was selling. Um, but part of it was also having all that back end support. It's not just it's not enough to be a good designer, right? It's not enough to be good at what you do. It's having a system in place to do it, and and knowing how to talk to clients. Absolutely. If you're in a service industry, like it's knowing you don't have to. I have the problem of saying yes to everything. Yeah. I say yes. But you, you can say no, but you can do it nicely and you can manage it. And But respecting the clients as people and actually listening to what they want instead of shoehorning them into things. Right. Um, so all of that combined. So yeah. So That was like, a really long No, that was great. <laughs> so what I'm gathering out of that, and I think it makes total sense, is you know, you set it up in a way that allowed you to have a little bit of that fallback. You know, you still had the security of your job, but you were getting something started, but then implementing processes allowed you to have that confidence that, yes, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times, especially for creatives, we have all these ideas and we can see it in our mind, but figuring out, oh, I need to incorporate myself and X, Y, Z, all these other things. So also having someone like a business coach to guide you through. And that has helped other businesses, even if they're not exactly like yours. Mm -hmm. I think that's even more valuable, that it's something else. So you're looking at it from a different perspective. So, you know, she has a marketing background, but she's helped, you know, she has a lot of like yoga studios and like therapy, therapy people, therapists and psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. Um, some of her clients are, you know, holistic. It's, it's, it's different. And then she's got some like, you know, urban planners, like right. there are all these service industries, but what we all have in common is making that transition right. from the corporate life to doing it and surviving on it and making it something we want and how it works for us. Right. Um, and you had told me something that she asked you initially. She mm-hmm. asked you, that, what's your five-year, the five-year question? Yeah. What was that? So she asked me, it was one of the, one of, she has a few um, vision work, worksheets. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what does your typical day look like? Mm-hmm. So you're like learning to manage your day and like ideal, what was your ideal day? Well, you'd wake up and have coffee and then you'd go for a run and then you maybe would answer a few emails and then, you know, you work through that. So you know what your day's going to look like. But one of the questions was, what do you want your business to look like in five years? Do you want to have, do you want to be creative director and have employees or do you want to be your business and how, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, I had to think about it because I was like, I don't, I don't want, as much as I loved my team and I love my staff, I didn't want to manage. I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was, where I felt like I was really good at it. Um, and I, and I didn't want a creative direct, like I, as much as I did in my old job, right. like I, I, being my own creative director in some cases is better. Like I don't have to translate that vision to anybody else. Right. Um, so I was like, well, I don't really want employees. Like I don't want, you know, a whole team of people in this big agency. Like that's not what I want. I don't want to work on these giant multi-million dollar accounts. Like I want to help small business owners and I want to stay small. So one of the things we talked about was delegating the tasks that I don't like to do mm-hmm. and having people do those things. So sure. I can focus on the stuff I like to do, which is talk to clients and design and come up with the big ideas and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So um, so then you're delegating like accounting and right. all the like little minutia. I have um, a woman who helps me do print production. Okay. So um, when I'm done with the logo, I, I would usually save it and like there's like 80 file formats that I'm saving it in like this big file structure and like this process that I've made. Right. And it takes like a couple hours. And if you have three logos, 
She does it all for me. I've taught her my way, mm-hmm. and now I just say, there's a logo ready. And she's even better at it than I am because she's double-checking it. Like, did you mean to do this thing? And this color isn't exactly. Like, she's doing a better job than I am. It's always nice to have that second set of eyes. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you mentioned is, you know, you've taught her your way. So how do you go about finding your help? And what is your criteria? And, you know, because a lot of times you'll get people who have their habits or whatever it is, and that doesn't always translate to your vision. That's true. Um, in this case, I lucked out because um, my friend knew someone who was looking for some just part-time work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever want to be all things to someone just in case. Like, for I sure. still have that uncertainty. Like, maybe I'm not doing it next month, but maybe I don't have the work for you next month. Right. Um, it's kind of morphed into I won't have the work more than I won't be doing this. I right. definitely see where I'm doing this now. Um, but... Um, we had a conversation and I was like, look, you know, I'll be honest with you. Here's what I'm looking for. It's repetitive. It's maybe not the most creative. Are you going to be okay with that? And like, PS, the way I do it might not be like industry standard. Like mm-hmm. you might go, you might learn from me and then go to a design firm and they're like, why do you do it that way? We right. don't do that. Like it's the way I do it. And I'm going to mm-hmm. teach you my way. But, and she was like, no, it's cool. You know, I know Photoshop, but I don't know Illustrator and I'm willing to learn. And as long as you're willing to teach me. Um, and I was like, you know what? I can't promise you a set number of hours. Like we can I'd probably be like four hours a week, but some week maybe it's eight. I mean, I'm going to have to, you're right. going to have to be flexible. Right. And so like asking those questions and again, being honest about it. Yes. Um, is really what it came down to. So um, that's how I found Catherine to help me. And we're really good friends now. I, she awesome. wasn't a friend before. Right. And now we're really good friends. Um, I think that honesty is super important and being upfront initially because I think a lot of times when you are looking for help, you want that person so bad to want to work for you. So sometimes you can be tempted to say, oh, yeah, no, it'll be great. I'll have this, this, and that. And you can do your thing and blah, blah, blah. But you got to be honest because at the end of the day, if you can't deliver on what you're saying you can, then it's not going to work out. Right. And if you can't, you know, um, not only do it, but if you're not willing to do it my way. Like if she at any point was like, no, I think it's better I do it this way. I was like, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm always open to suggestions. Sure. She's like, why? Tell me why. She's always asking those kind of questions too because that was one of the things I told her, like, you can push back all you want. When the answer is no, the answer is going to be no. Absolutely. So there's often times she'll call and be like, so you did this thing this way. Did you want to do it this way? Because I don't understand. And it forces me to check myself and go, well, is that going to make sense to a client too? Right. Because remember, my end user might not be – they they might be small business owners who don't understand. Right. So she's like, so why did we save another version like this? Tell it. Tell me why. Tell me why, yeah. And I was like, oh, because the client said da 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 She's like, cool. And she does it. Right. And then she'll be like, hey, this thing is a little bit off. I'm like, nope, got to let it go. Right. Got to let it go. I don't because care. that is it. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm like, this has to get to print. Like, you got to let it go. Yeah. Um, but she's a great double chin. You know, she's got a whole bunch of other skill sets, too, because she is a grown-ass woman. Right. You know? So she's not relying on me to tell her how to do everything. Um, I can just go, hey, I need you to choose 30 photos for the website. Pick the best 30. Right. And she's like, Okay. And she questions herself too. And I'm like, you, I'm not going to answer that question. You just pick 30. Right. <laughs> like, so how have you built that confidence? How have you gotten to that place where you can be confident saying, yes, I can do this? You know, because I know, like you said, we all have our doubts and our fears. Mm-hmm. Like, is this going to be good enough? How have you exercised that? Um, I think one of the 
biggest things I've done over the past year, it's been a, it's been a process. It really has. Because if you asked me that question a year ago, I'd be like, no, I don't think I'm very good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's always room for growth and there's all these better designers and you know, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not good. You should, you should, I don't know why people hire me. Like I really would have right. said that to you last year. Um, but one of the things I've done over the past year is eliminate the toxic people from former relationships okay. who in one way or another, even if they didn't mean to, caused me to doubt myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, you know, the guy that got the job that I wanted and they hired instead of me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not friends with him on Facebook. He's not, I'm not going to talk to him. Right. You know, and it's not because he's not a good guy. Like, he's a great guy. But I, I can't have that relationship because it reminds me of doubting myself. Sure. So, and it's weird because I had to, like, purge myself of like all of the things from the agency. Right. Like I really had to like, there was, there was a mug. Did I tell you the story? No. There was a mug that had the logo on it. Of your old company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was one of husband's favorite mugs because it was big. Okay. And one day it was like maybe a little over a year ago, or a little under a year ago, probably about eight months ago. I was like, you have to get rid of that. And he was like, why? And I was like, cause I, I can't see that anymore. Like it's gone and I need to get over it. And like, you need to. You need to throw that out. Right. And he's like, can I scrub the logo off? I really like the mug. And I was like, can I buy you another mug Right. big? Like, I really need you to throw it out. <laughs> it's a silicone reminder. It doesn't matter. I'll know that that is the mug. <laughs> like, I had to get rid of all the t-shirts. Sure. Like, I had to get rid of all the things. Like, and it took me a while. Like, Because it's almost, in a way, it's a, you're mourning the loss of, you know, a former life, in a right. way. Right. Right. And in this case, like, it was just reminders of that kind of terrible environment that and all of my out. doubts. But like, mm-hmm. even if it didn't cause all of the doubts, it was the place where my doubts lived. Sure. So to mentally cleanse myself of that, like I had to get rid of some of my work clothes. Like the clothes, I can't wear the clothes that I used to wear to work all the time. Yeah. I mean, granted, I didn't, wasn't that inventive because right. it was long days. And right. Like, I mean, it was like five shirts. Right. But like, I still don't, I don't really wear them anymore because it's like, well, that was my uniform. Sure. Mm-hmm. I know. Hi, did we get a little loud for you? Yeah. She's like, you woke me up. Yeah. (laughs) So that, so one of the things, one of the things was to kind of purge myself and and eliminate the toxic people, but then to also, um, listen to what people said about me. Um, and there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing, you know, my husband can tell me all the time, like, you're really good at what you do. But like when there's a client who's like, wow, like you're really good that's really, this is really great. Like, I'm really glad I worked with you. Like, I'm glad I picked you instead of whomever else I, instead of using fiber, whatever. Like, right. I'm really glad. Like, this was really helpful. And having people verbalize that to me, I was like, huh. And believing okay. it. Right. Truly believing like, it. Yeah. And it takes someone who doesn't know me. Like, of course my husband thinks I'm the best. Right. Of course my business coach says I'm good at what I do. Like, but someone outside an objective to be like, like, so this morning I was at our networking group and I presented um, I had my presentation and the guy who was supposed to introduce me wasn't there. It's fine. So someone had to step in and introduce me and it was someone I had made a logo for. And like, I, you know, anyone can introduce me. They all know me. It's only a minute. Right. Um, but Dr. Paul was like, I'm going to introduce you. I'm like, okay. And it was one of the greatest introductions I've ever had. And one of the greatest things he said was, you know, when, at first when she joined our team, meaning me, like, we we were like, oh, we don't really know what graphic designer does. I wasn't sure what she did. She's like, and he was like, um, I have watched over the progression over the years, over the year that you've been here. And slowly you've redesigned everyone's business cards. You've redesigned their logos. Mm-hmm. He was like, I met someone 
you know, someone was a visitor. I met someone and, and you know, saw their logo. And I was like, that's really good. I realized you did it. And I was like, oh, like y'all mm-hmm. like me. Yeah. But not just because I'm like funny and ridiculous. Right. You, like, but like, yeah. you like my work mm-hmm. and like the stuff that I put out. And like that, you can't, you can't help but believe it. Sure. When enough people say it, it's kind of, it must be true. Mm-hmm. And so it, it took me a while to really internalize it. Sure. But, um, you know, I always tell my clients, like, thank you so much for being a client. Like I've, you know, it's been an honor to work with you. And, you know, if they say the same thing to me, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Right. It's a symbiotic relationship. It's Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So. so as far as working with clients, mm-hmm. you know, in today's world, when you can email someone at two in the morning and that constant contact... Have you set up personal boundaries because you work from home? Do you? How do you handle that? We are going to have a conversation about that later today, my business coach and I, because I'm really bad at it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I do, though, um, mostly not because I don't, I don't set boundaries for my clients, but because I, um, because of the agency life that I've come from. I um, always feel the need to get it done right away. Right. So I don't set up, I don't have enough boundaries. Um, there are a few sacred times for me. Um, and I call them sacred because they are. So between 9 and 11, those are, that's my concepting time. Okay. So it's the PM. best. No, in the morning. Okay. Morning, yep. believe it or not. So I'm like just awake, but my brain hasn't fully like. You haven't like gone to emails yet and yeah. all of that. Like, so yeah. um, I answer emails like early, like earlier, but like, but that time I actually like close the browser mm-hmm. and I'm just working on concepting. So if I have a lot of brain thinking to do like logo development or um, not, not the production stuff, not just the revisions, that's the time I have to use for it. It's where I'm most productive and most efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't schedule meetings. Not today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but most of the time, like when I've got big projects, I don't schedule things between nine and 11. Okay. Um, especially on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those are my work windows mm-hmm. um the other time is 4 30 which is when i go get felton mm-hmm. so between 4 30 and 7 i'm really unless there's something going on that i feel behind on um that's family time yep um until he goes to bed because one of the hardest things is for your kid to be like oh um what does mommy like to do oh mommy likes to work right i mean mommy does like to work right it's so much better when you're working for yourself and you love what you're doing and i love what i do yeah but I can't, that's not what I want him to say. Sure. So I was like, all right. So like 4.30-ish when I go to get him, um, I make sure I'm present for him for those couple hours mm-hmm. during dinner time. If he's like watching TV, yeah, I'll sneak away and go sure. answer a few emails. But um, those are the two. And then the other thing I take to doing is on the weekends. I don't, sometimes don't want clients knowing I'm working on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So I'll draft a whole bunch of emails and send them at 9 o'clock on Monday. Ooh. But they were drafted the night before and just sitting in Waiting. my outbox right. for me to read one more time and hit send. That's a great that's a great idea. Because if people if if in their minds like, oh she sent us on a Saturday, that, that means I can call her or text her and you know, even though you might have the time, it's like you still gotta set those boundaries. And, and also sometimes I feel like it's not unprofessional, but like a little like, why are you emailing me Sunday night? Right. Like mm-hmm. so, you know, and, and not and, and yes, because I don't want to answer emails, but also like you want to have it on both sides. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, business hours are nine to five and I do the best I can to kind of stick to that. Right. So, but I, you know, meet it before or after. And I think one thing you said that is really important, especially, it doesn't matter for anyone and no matter what they're doing, whether they're a stay-at-home mom or they're working, is to realize what your most productive hours are. So I'm like you. My, I am so productive in the morning. 
But for me, 3.30, 4 o'clock hits and like my mind is like, no, we're not, I can't do these things. So finding that time and knowing yourself, whether you, maybe you're really productive at night. Yeah. You know, just but finding those times when you know your brain works best mm-hmm. to do the hard work. Mm-hmm. And then the night before, because I'm me, um, and anyone will tell you, I have lists of lists because that's what I do. Yes. Um, so I have actually um, a daily planner, which is like the day broken out by hour, actually half an hour. Wow. And at, um, well, I mean, not every half an hour. Right. Every half an hour. Like, this is where I like to make lunch. No. Um, but it's, 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 it's actually, um, you can download, you can buy one. It's like bound. It's called the passion planner. Oh, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. So it's yeah. pretty and it's like bound mm-hmm. or you can just download a sheet. Okay. And I can't, I can't have a thing. I want it like on my wall. Right. I'll show you my office. Yeah. It's I want to see it. My office. Um, but this, the schedule, um, I, so on Sundays, I print out a new sheet. Mm-hmm. I add all of the meetings to it that okay. I have scheduled for anything on the calendar that has to go like, you know, Felton's pottery class, whatever it is, goes on the calendar so I can see it. And then I start to plug in my projects and knowing when, you know, knowing when my best productive time is. The problem I have is I try to overbook my days. Okay. It's like, oh, it only took me 15 minutes and I spend an hour on it sure. and then I feel behind. Mm-hmm. So, but I schedule it like, okay, so I have in the morning, I usually do it like morning and then like afternoon. Mm-hmm. I want to do these three things this morning and these three things in the afternoon. And I take my to-do list and kind of plot it. And then when I realize I've put too much on it, I'm like, hmm, that's got to be for Tuesday. Right. So um, you got overflow. I've got a visual mm-hmm. representation and then that's what I follow. And if I can't get it all done, that's when I work at night. But, you know, right. but hopefully, like, I've, I've blocked off my time enough and didn't overschedule myself enough that that's the guideline I'm following. Right. So I do that. And so I do it, like, I put all the things on the calendar. I do, mon- like, Monday, I'll do on Sunday. And then I do each day the night before. Okay. So I know what's on my docket for the next day and I don't feel overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, yes. That's a great way to kind of manage your or have being organized a is like so important if you're running your own mm. business because especially again I keep going back to this but for creative types like it's easy to get down that rabbit hole right. of design 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 and then you're like oh my gosh well I still have to do xyz yeah. to get this project ready to go so that's those are great tips so working with clients you work with a wide variety of clients mm-hmm. where does your inspiration come from um i try to well, especially for logo design, this yes. is really because inspiration for direct mail or, or like other marketing materials has to come from the brand that's already been established. Sure. So it's usually when you're creating, you know, new branding or new kind of design directions. My inspiration, um, it's funny. I, I, when I go through the, the concepting process, I always ask clients to give me two weeks. And a lot of times clients are like, oh, I need it really soon. And I'm like, okay, and I can do it. But really, um, the two weeks allows me to like turn it over in my brain a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking about it like right before I go to bed and I'm like, what does, you know, the shape of a sunflower look like or whatever, you know, and I'm, and I'm thinking about it or like, what if it can do this or what if it does that? And it, and it just comes, Mm -hmm. but it's because I'm thinking about it and actively solving the problem, but I have time and space to solve the problem. Otherwise it's not, it might not be that, um, not, not a creative answer, but it's, it's more, it's an easier answer because I haven't had the time to fully delve into it. So like, I like that two weeks to concept, try it out. That didn't work. Let me try something else. Um, if it gets compressed too much, I find that the answers are like the easier answer, which clients might not know. But for me, I'm like, that was easy. Right. That was an easy solution to this problem because there's an infinite way 
of solving the problem and I edit myself. That's one of the benefits of like hiring like a designer mm-hmm. than going to like a logo tournament is hopefully that designers edited themselves. So you're not getting 700 logos. It might feel really good to get 700 logos, but that's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's yeah. so overwhelming. And it's also like not all of them are good. Right. And then you're like, oh, all these fonts are the same or mm-hmm. whatever. Because everyone's got their stock stuff that they do. Um, so I've, I have longer, I have a longer period of time to edit myself. So I can look at it and go, okay, I gave her, you know, five logos with a serif font. What if it, what would it look like if it was sans serif? How would that feel? Right. And then what kind of imagery matches the branding and how does that look? Right. So um, creative brief here. It says creative brief, right? right? So, but, but that I came from a world where like you wrote it out and like, we know the demographic down to like that person's like zip code. Right. Right. Um, all I'm trying to get is the story. And I'm basically write a creative brief for myself. So in my processes, that capturing of that information, we talk through it. Maybe it started somewhere at the beginning of the questionnaire and at the end, it's different. Like right. I've had a client who started as like, I want to be the authority. She was a, she's a parenting coach. I want to be the authority on how to parent your kids. And by the end, she got to, I'm... I'm the one that can help moms be more confident in their skills. Yes. And like, that is a different message. Absolutely. Being the authority and then being like approachable for mom, um, which changed your branding, which changed the way I thought about it. Right. Um, so yeah, just having that conversation, letting them kind of guide that description. Right. And some people don't know. That's okay. Yeah. Which I think could be, pro- you know, I, you, a lot of times you come up with an idea in your head, but verbalizing it and fleshing it out allows you to realize what the truth is of what you're really yeah, looking for. Yeah. So having that as part of your process, I think, is so beneficial. Well, and I think it it, it helps so it's not a generic logo. Right. Because, you know, your, your brand is special because of X, Y, and Z, and now X, Y, and Z is in your logo. Right. And that means something to you. It might be, you know, maybe you really wanted, you know, a flower in your logo. There's, I mean, all logos have flowers. Like, it's fine. Right. You know? But, like, why? 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 Right. And what does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. And what does that represent? And then at least it's not, you know, stock clip art that you found. Just right. because you want a flower doesn't mean it has to be stock and it has to be the same as, you know, 900 other logos. Right. It can be exactly what you want your brand to be. Mm-hmm. And how does that look? And, you know, what font goes with it? And how do we make it for you? Right. Um, so even if it's still, you know, kind of a generic... I feel like people think like, well, it's just a flower in my logo and, you know, I'll just go find a flower or whatever. And right. It's like, right. But what flower? Right. It has to have a symbol. Right. Like and if it means something. something to you, mm-hmm. then that's what matters. Right. So for some, let's say there's someone starting out uh-huh. and they want to get going. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, they want you to insert whatever. So if nothing else, blank is the one thing you should do to start building your brand. Consistency. Okay. So I would say just make sure any kind of marketing you put out has some kind of consistent element so people know it's you, Mm -hmm. especially when you're starting your brand. Because it doesn't matter if it's, you know, your name or an initial or whatever you're using as your logo or if it's just words. It's just aerial type. As long as it's on everything so people know that's you and that's what it should look like and they get the visual cue for that. That's the most important thing. It doesn't matter if it's a $700,000 logo or a $7 logo. Something. Right. Type it out in Word and use it consistently. Okay. (laughs) So that recognition, people know. Yeah. Yeah, No, that makes total sense. All right. So here's another question for you. This is kind of heading towards wrapping things up. This is something I like. So one thing I noticed in your um, 
your bio on your website is you're a big fan of black and white cookies. Yes. So for all of us listening, I love black and white cookies as okay. well. Tell us, where's your favorite black and white cookie? Where can we find it? So there's a place in Toco Hills called Bagel Palace. Okay. Um, and they have fantastic black and white cookies. They are, they are some of the best. There used to be a Greek diner. Um, indicator where fresh to order was. There used to be a Greek diner there. They had black and white cookies that were small pizza size. Oh wow! Like they were huge. Like I'm not like the size of your face. Like wow, huge. <laughs> um, and they were actually pretty close to being right because they're like lemonade. Because that's right. like a good black and white cookie is a little bit lemony. Um, and they were really close too, but they don't, I don't know where they, where did your love of black and white cookies come from? Has this been a thing from when you were little? Yes. Or? So, um, in upstate New York, there's a, uh, grocery store called Wegmans. Okay. I know Wegmans. Yeah. Do you know how I know that? It's from Liz who connected us. She's <laughs> talked to me about Wegmans before. Yeah. So Wegmans <laughs> is like the most amazing grocery. Like Publix is great, but right. like Wegmans is a different, it's like Whole Foods, but like on a different plane. Okay. Like they, we joked when they opened, there was like this one that opened when I was home and we joked it had like airport parking. Like they were like people directing traffic. Wow. It's crazy. Um, They have a cookie and they don't call it a black and white cookie, but they call it a half moon cookie. And I think either my parents got it as like a treat for me or something. I don't know, but it was, we would get half, I called them half moon cookies. Okay. And I don't even think those were the right ones. It was, um, but that's where I grew up eating them. That's where your love of those began. Yeah. That's awesome. It's always, it, you know, it's always nice to have things that remind you of your childhood and yeah. your home. So. so have there been any books or websites or blogs that have kind of been your go-to? Anything that's been inspiring for you in your adult life, mm-hmm. whether it's related to business or... Sure. So um, the first book my business coach had me read was The E-Myth. Okay. Um, which is a classic, apparently, um, entrepreneur book. And it's... It's exactly like if you have an idea and you want to go on your own and you read it and you're like, yeah, I can't bake all the cookies. Like that's that's what the problem is of the entrepreneur in the book. Right. She's like, I'm a really good baker. I got into baking because I was good at baking and being a business owner kind of sucks. Right. And how you get away from it sucking and how to make it what you want. To go back to that passion. Right. So that yeah. one's always kind of stuck with me because it's like you can't do all the things. Like mm-hmm. as much as you can do all the things. You can't do all the things. She's like, I'm here. I'm here. I don't get paid. Like, I don't have employees. Like, whatever, you know. Um, but that that business book was one of the first things. I read it, and it, it changed my perception of what it was to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is You Are a Badass. Which yes, I, I read just <laughs> – funny I um actually just purchased it and just got it and I'm gonna start reading it well maybe I'm reading the one you're about us I'm making money so she's coming up with a few more yeah now. yeah but those are awesome books yes and like, you can't take it all like I mean I'm not going out and buying a new car because money's coming right but there's something to be said for putting things out in the universe and letting the universe so I have this is a funny side note to the story yeah um so I am definitely a big believer in putting out that energy into mm-hmm. the universe and seeing what the universe returns. And that was one of the things, you know, my business coach had said, I keep going back to that, but that was my, you know, how I said everything up. Um, so she um, was like, you need to, when, when it was time for me to leave, she's like, you have to put it out in the universe. She's like, people aren't going to know you're open until you like tell them you're open and put, portray the fact that you're open, mm-hmm. that you are this person that is, it's not just someone who's doing it on the side, put it all out there. Um, and so I did. One of the things I realized is I can, and I was just saying this yesterday, 
I can summon clients. It's really weird. And I know that sounds really strange. So clients that, because I am so project-based, mm-hmm. a lot of what I do is project-based. Uh, my clients come and go as they want to. And I, you know, could do a bit, there's one of my, um, could do a better job of, I don't do a really good job of staying in touch and checking in. Like in an ideal world, I would be the one kind of reaching out going, Hey, anything coming up for March? You know, I'd love right. to put you on the schedule and like doing those things that I know I should do. I help my clients do, but right. I'm not doing it. Right. Um, but so it's been a couple months since I've heard from someone. And in some way, I'll archive their folder. Either it's in QuickBooks, like I delete them from the list so I don't have to scroll. Right. Or on Dropbox, I just kind of unsync it because my file's really big. Sure. So I like archive it and I unsync it. And as soon as I touch one of those that I know is someone that is probably coming back mm-hmm. because they, they always have work, they call the next day. Wow. It's really strange. And I have to be really careful because people will come back and I'm like, but I did it. I did it just like Monday, mm-hmm. and it was one of my marketing partner clients. And I was like, "Oh, she, you know, reached out in December, and I'm sure she got busy. I mean, maybe they hired an internal designer. I don't know, you know. But you know, for now, it's like a gig worth of files. I'm gonna clear this off and like watch her email. And I uncheck the box and sync sync the files. And two days later, I got an email from her. Wow. I have like this really that is weird, the universe. It's the universe. Like Absolutely. there's no way. And that's and that's also kind of what Jen talks about it. You're a badass. Yeah. It's like you put down the universe and the universe will answer. It was like, I, it, part of it was like, I don't need you as a client, mm-hmm. you know, so you come back when you're ready. Um, but part of it is, you know, archive. Not all of it. And that doesn't work all the time. Sure. But certain clients, like I've thought about them. I've put it out there. And I'm like, for now, I'm going to, it's super easy to add them back. Right. But I'm going to clear off my space for someone else. And they come back. So just being open to that energy, putting it out there, but also being open yeah. to it coming back. It's like a cycle. It is. That's yeah. incredible. And, and you know, referrals being a huge lifeblood of your company and what you do, you know, it's, you have that energy, but then you need to let those people feel your energy so they can transfer it to right. other people and it right. just is a continuous cycle. Yeah. So what would you say to women who are, let's say they're, already established in their job or whatever, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned in your adult life, whether it's pertaining to business or family, what is just like a huge lesson? Um, something you would want to tell women. Yeah. Um, that you can be happy. Um, I don't, I think it's kind of trite to say you can have it all because it's, you you can't have it all. Um, I mean, maybe you could, I certainly, it's hard to have it all. Um, but you can find the best part of what you want, um, and you don't have to settle for boring or not right or toxic or whatever that is. Um, and it's okay to do your little piece of whatever mm-hmm. on a small scale if it makes you happy. Because like I said, I mean, I have, you know, my cohort from the circus, they're creative directors at some of the biggest agencies in the country. Um, I have a, a really good friend who was a copywriter. She was um, the creative director at Tom's in LA. Wow. Just moved back. Now she's the creative director at Spanx. Wow. Like big names. Mm-hmm. Like in which she went to New York, LA. She moved and she went and she's awesome and, and totally deserves all of the things. I'm making small business logos, but I'm okay with that. Right. And it's not the agency life and it's not necessarily what I was groomed for. And I'm still okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm still okay working out of my house 
and, you know, having the freedom to have conversations with you at 10 o'clock in the morning right? and not be tied and tethered to a desk and not having to say yes to every project and staying there until four in the morning to get it done because the client decided, you know, um, that they didn't like something. But, you know, it's interesting. I haven't yet but I could fire a client and having the ability to fire your own clients and say, you know what, this isn't working for me is huge. Yeah. I never had that control before. You did what the, the dealer, the guy said, you did what sales said. Um, there was a conversation I had with my old CEO. He's like, whoever told you to say yes to sales? It's like, you did. You told me to never say no. You literally, we sat here and you said, don't ever tell them no. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, now I'm telling you, you can say no. I could never learn it. I could never unlearn right, it. Right, because it's ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's hard now to say no, but I could say no. Mm-hmm. I will say no. Sometimes, sometime soon I'll say no. Right, right. <laughs> I think that's amazing advice. And, you know, that's one of my biggest goals with speaking with all of these women who are doing all these amazing things and living their passions is you don't have to stay in something you're unhappy with. Right. And it doesn't mean that you have to be happy with the biggest, baddest thing. Right. You know, whatever fulfills you, makes you happy, and allows you to live your life in a way that you want to, yeah. that's the ultimate goal, I feel like. And I, I just think it's so cool that you're living this. And thank you so much for sitting thank down you. with me, Wendy. Where can people um, reach out to you? Sure. So you can go to my website. It's wendypruittcreates.com. Um, email me, call, whatever. Okay. It's cool. I'm, all, I'm around. Awesome. I'm pretty, you know, that's one of the other things I get to do is just be myself and be me. So email, call, text, whatever, I'll answer. And you is really (laughs) fun and really cool. So you guys, anyone out there who's looking for any sort of creative work, definitely reach out to Wendy. Thank you so much. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. For show notes and more, head on over to leadherlessonspodcast.com. And guys, I'm still looking for rating and reviews. So if you can, I would love it for you to go on to iTunes and give me some feedback. Let people know what you think of the podcast and I'll catch you on the next one.